going to turn to Matthew chapter 3 tonight. Possibly Romans 11. Before we pray, we're going to hear an incredible testimony from Riley Nash here in a little bit. But we're going to do that at, before we have our prayer meeting tonight. Why? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Amen? Turn to Matthew chapter 3. I think I'm going to read the whole chapter. So I'll read quick if you'll listen quick. Y'all fall for that one again. Wasn't the Lord good and free in this place this morning? Yes. Amen. Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, is at hand. For this, for this is he who is spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, say, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then, Jeru then Jerusalem, all of Judea, and, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sin. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, as any good preacher would, You brood of vipers! <laughs> Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Somebody forgot to tell him he was supposed to be nice. <laughs> Therefore, verse 8, therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children of Abraham from these stones. Hmm. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Boy, John didn't let up. Therefore, Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Oh. I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and garner his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you're coming to me. 
But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And, then he, and when he had been baptized, this makes me scratch my head, by the way. I, I don't think the Lord's going to be that picky when you get to heaven about if they, if they dunked you or sprinkled you or whatever, but I, I get confused. I'm just, tell, I'm just saying. Because I read it, it says when he was baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Is it just me or is that pretty clear? When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, Jesus. And he saw, and he saw Jesus. Jesus saw. Are you with me? I want you to know who the pronouns are. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. We'll stop there. Now this is not the focus of what I have to say tonight, but while we're there we might as well point out a few things. Because I'm really into the Word of God just being read as the Word of God. The number one way for, to interpret Scripture is what does it say? And I just pointed out a few things. I, I, I don't think this is a salvation issue to be truthful with you, but I, but I, but I want to uh, just point it out. It says he came, when he had baptized, he came up from out of the water. That's pretty simple. Come out of the water, you had to be in it. But it says that he saw the Spirit of God descending from heaven on him. And then it says that he heard, and they all heard, the heaven, saw and heard the heavens open, and a voice from heaven, from where? Where'd the voice come from? Where was Jesus? Thank you. Now I just wanted to clear up some things on the way by. This is just, this is just, this is a drive-by is what this is. Jesus was in the water. The Spirit descended from heaven and descended on to him. And from the river, Jesus and everybody else heard the voice that said, this is, what is, this is, Jesus is, the one that was just baptized is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You don't win any friends and probably don't win any converts, but unless he was a ventriloquist and an illusionist, uh-oh. I can't find any other way, but I, found, but I found the Godhead manifest in one place. Yeah. 
Some of you that don't know, I'm glad you don't know. And some of you that do know, I'm glad you just found out. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they are absolutely one, yet three. How do you understand that? You don't. <laughs> you just don't. Uh-oh. This is even where I'm camping out, and I'm already messing with your mind. Listen, I know one thing for sure, that I don't know how it all is, but I know what it says. And I know that I'm not going to understand everything on this side of heaven. But I do know, I had somebody call me last week. They said, we want to come to your church. I said, okay. They said, we got one question. I said, okay. They said, do you believe there's one God? I said, who doesn't? I said, of course there's just one God. I said, let me ask you a question. Because see, there's some things that when people ask you, you just know. I said, he's not one God in three manifestations. He wasn't the Father in the beginning and became the Son and later became the Holy Spirit and now we call him Jesus. There's one God and he's unified in the Godhead of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I said, I don't know any Christian anywhere that believes there's more than one God. So if that answers your question about if you want to come to church here, I've done the best I can. Hey, you know what? Look, it's in there. Right in the, I don't know why I'm even camping there. He said, sometimes... Sometimes you don't know and you need to know. Sometimes you do know and you need to be fixed. And sometimes you're in the middle of not knowing. It's going to come up later and you're going to need to know. I've had people ask me before, why do you teach the things that are wrong? Whenever nobody here has ran into that because it's coming. The best way to avoid Bad doctrine, heresy, flat out foolishness and wrong and corruptible doctrine is to know what's true. And when you know it ahead of time, you're not caught off guard. That was worth knowing. Jesus is coming into his public ministry. John the Baptist is, is being his forerunner as it was prophesied. Jesus called John the Baptist. He said he's the greatest prophet that ever lived. And now we have John who is announcing the king of kings as he comes in and he's baptizing him in water. But before he comes, it says that the, that the Pharisees came to him. The, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, the religious leadership of their day, the ones who thought they had it all figured out. And immediately John said, don't even come to me with your junk. That's the RJV. Oh, no, that's Roderick Vincent. He didn't tell me that. That's the JRV. He, he said to, look at it. 
brood of vipers? <laughs> Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And, and don't think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as father. John was saying, don't, you, don't even start with me. Yeah. Did y'all know that's what he said? What, what are you doing here? I know who you are. Don't even start with me. We have Abraham as our father. He says, I am here to tell you that God is able to raise up the children of Abraham from the rocks if he needs them. That would have happened on the day of the triumphant entry if they hadn't praised him. Why? Y'all remember that? Jesus said, if you hadn't praised me, the rocks would have cried out. We sing songs about that. Never will a rock cry out in my place. That's good stuff, but it had nothing to do with what happened that day. It was prophesied of old that he would come in on, on an unridden colt and that they would sing hosannas to his name. He said, if you hadn't have done it, if you hadn't have praised me as I come in, the rocks around you would have done it. Why? Because he had to fulfill the scripture and the prophecy to the very letter of what was said of him. If they hadn't appraised him, the rocks would have done it for them. He said, listen, you bunch of religious vipers. I don't know what you're doing here, but don't you even start. He said, don't even go there that you're the children of Abraham. He said, God is able to raise up the children of Abraham from the stones. God is able to raise up the children of Abraham from these stones. And even now, the axe is laid to the root. What do you mean the axe is laid to the root? What are you talking about, John? Therefore, if any tree does not bear good fruit, it is cut down and thrown into the fire. He told them God had his axe out before he told them what he was going to cut. I indeed baptize you, baptize you with water into repentance, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to bear. He will baptize you, who? He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This is where I want to get tonight. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly cleanse his, per, his threshing floor and gather the wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. He talked about two things in one place. He talked about to the religious Jews, the religious sector that think that they were God's only way, that he was bound to them. He said, listen, don't come to me with your children of Abraham stuff because the true ch you know that Paul would say later that the true children of Abraham are they that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the true children of Abraham. He said, your lineage, your ancestry doesn't mean a thing to me. He said, if you're not bearing the fruit of who you are, then you're no good to anybody. He said, the ax is already at the root. He will cut it down and he will destroy it and burn it up. That's one thing. But he talked about the Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah that was coming to baptize them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He talked about that he has been in you, with you, but he shall be in you. And then he started talking to the, to the, the people of the, of the baptism of fire. He says, and his winnowing fan is in his hand. Who? Jesus. 
Whose fan? Jesus' fan. Whose hand? Jesus' hand. And he will thoroughly cleanse out his threshing floor and garner his wheat in the barn and will be burned up and, and will burn up the chaff under the unquenchable fire. He talked about earlier a generation, a, a group of people, a, a, a children of Abraham, if you will, that, he was, that, that they had quit believing, they had quit being who they were, and they were about to be cut out. But now he's talking about the believer. And he's not talking about your salvation. He is coming from the beginning. There is an expectation laid that, uh, of cleansing and holiness and righteousness and the things that we don't need in our life being removed. When he talked about his winnowing fan is in his hand, he is not talking about separating people for salvation. He is talking about the believer being threshed out <coughs> until the junk that they have in their life there's an expectation from the Savior and the Spirit of a cleansing and a separation we are not to stay who we are he doesn't leave us the way he found us he changes us for our good. Somebody here tonight needs to know that it's a process and that it's a hard process, not an easy process. Somebody needs to know it. It says his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge. Whose threshing floor? His. The words, I say it nearly every service, the words of the word matter. It's important that you see that it's his fan, his hand, his threshing floor, his wheat. He's talking about us. He's talking about what belongs to him. He's talking about the people of God. When you get saved... You're part of the harvest. Do you know that you're part of the harvest? Do you know that all throughout the New Testament, he refers to the people, uh, uh, to evangelism and to salvation and people that, that are being brought in as the harvest? Yes? He says, lift up your head and look into the fields. They're white unto harvest. Another place he says, listen, he said, the harvest is great, the har the, but the laborers are few. When he talks about the harvest, he's talking about souls. He's talking about us. When he's talking about here, what he's talking about in Matthew chapter 3 is the, the, the fruit of salvation that has been brought in. He's talking about you and I. Then when we get saved, then we are immediately, boy, we ought to be told. We ought to be told. Because some of us, it's taken us quite by surprise. Even years into our salvation, we still don't understand sometimes that he takes us to his threshing floor. And that day and that time, they threshed the wheat by hand. What are you talking about? Work with me. 
when they went and cut the, and when the, when the harvest was ready, they went and harvested the wheat. Now, we, we, just, we moved down here from farm country on the eastern side of Arkansas. Man, we've seen that dirt be turned over, planted, watered, grow, cut, harvested, pulled in, burn off, and start all over again. Over and over. Part of me thought it was miraculous to see that process. Part of me was bored to death with it. <laughs> Breathed a lot of dirt. And there was a lot of threshing that went on during the harvest. See, today they do it with machines. Then they done it by hand. What is the imagery here? The harvest is coming in. And when they brought it in, then that day it was brought in. Have you ever seen wheat, how it's encased in a hole, if you will? Yes? No? It doesn't come out flour. It doesn't come out the stock flour. It comes out a kernel. And it's surrounded in an in, in, in a, in a, in a encasement that held it to the stock. And you can't do anything with it. There's things in our life that God can't do a thing with it. My life, your life, that it's just chaff. It's, it's, it's not any, once, once the harvest is in, it had a purpose before the harvest because it kept, because it kept the fruit of the wheat with the stalk, with the nourishment. But that once it's brought in, there's things in our life that there's no longer any use to you, to God, or to anybody else. And his first order of business is to take us to the threshing floor. What happens at the threshing floor? You're going to get run over, crushed, beat, thrown in the air, wind applied to you. Did anybody tell you that was going to happen to you when you got saved? <laughs> it does. And it's a continual process. Why? Because God's mean? No, because he knows that there's things in your life that are of no use to you or to him or to anybody else. Now, I've watched this process. I've watched films of the old way. You can still watch today even in, in countries in the Far East that, that, that they still do it by hand. Their favorite way is to get up on a hillside where there's a, wind, a natural breeze blowing. And then when they, they start the process, they, they, they take these forks and they throw it up in the air and let the heaviness of, of, the, of the stick and the stalk and the chaff fall to the ground. Some of it comes loose pretty easy. Right off the bat, you've got some separation. Yeah? There's some things that happened in my life when I got saved that I got rid of pretty easy. Yes? There's some things that's hung on pretty tight. Don't look at me like that, you too. You got things that's held on pretty tight. And the things that hold on tighter that are still no use to the gardener to be, to be stored up for eternal use has to come off. This, this verse is talking about the process of sanctification, of being made holy, of being separated unto God. That's what he's talking about. He said, he'll take you to the threshing floors of life. 
on the threshing floor in that day. It was usually a big hollowed out, either really packed down uh, area of clay or, or even better was when they found a big flat rock and they hollowed it out and they would, and they would bring the wheat and begin to pile it in that area. And the first thing they would do was run over it with their carts and their, and their, and their, and their animals of burden. They would begin to crush it. I, I have felt that way sometimes that I've been hit by the cart. And began to separate. Then they'll take their winnowing fork or their pitchforks and they'll begin to beat it. <laughs> it's the process, not of abuse, of cleansing. And then they'll take it and begin to throw it in the air. This is, it says his fan is in his hand. Where there was no natural wind, they literally had big fans that they would create the breeze with. And as the, as the, as the product, was, the harvest was thrown into the air, the things that were light enough to be blown away by the breeze would be separated by the crushing and blown away by the breeze. It's not a process to kill you, it's a process to cleanse you. It's, it's literally imagery of what's left that's worth storing, that's worth keeping, that's, that's, that, may, that, is, that is worthy of life. It's kept eternally, and, and it says in his barn. But the chaff the things you don't need in this life. Mm -mm. Do you know it's an, not only is it no use to you today, that it will be no use to you tomorrow or the next day, to you or to God. I want you to think about some things. There are things in my life, and I don't think I'm so different than you, there are things in my life that I believe I've been to the winnowing floor over and over and over, God trying to get it loose off of my life. And for some reason, I think I need it. Have you ever had anything that God was trying to remove and you were holding on to it for dear life? If you went off of the threshing floor, let it go. Y'all are quiet. Because it says that the chaff is useless. And it said, listen, this is not, he's not talking about eternal judgment here. He's talking about, he said, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He's talking about the, fi the cleansing fire of the Holy Spirit. He, 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 he says that the, when the chaff is separated, he's going to garner the wheat. That's the fruit of your life. He's going to store it up. He's going to keep it. And the chaff, he's going to sack it up for later. Is that what it says? No. He's going to put it away so you can pass it on to your kids. No. It says that the chaff will be burned up 
in the fire. He's talking about the fire of the Holy Spirit, that whenever, whenever the work of the word and the, of your salvation and the word and the, and, and the cleansing of your life, when the separation begins to happen, the things that are removed, he wants to burn up with the fire of the Holy Spirit in your life where it never affects you again. He's trying to, he's not trying to kill you. He's trying to cleanse you. He's not trying to hold you back. He's trying to make you better. He's, there's sometimes when you're in the crushing. God does things different than I would. Doesn't he do things different than you would do it? Because see, when I'm in the, you ever had your hand smashed? Did you enjoy it? You ever had somebody run over your foot? (laughs) Yeah, I have. I didn't enjoy it. You know, when I'm in the crushing of life, the crushing's not where I want to be. I've never heard anybody, I've never heard anybody bang their finger with a with a with a hammer that said, praise God, do it again. They might have said something, but it wasn't that. By the the way, you'll find out what's in you. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's in you, it's going to come out. Y'all don't like when I talk like that, do you? (laughs) Whatever's in you when you get mashed. And you know what? Sometimes that's okay. Don't look at me that way. I'm not endorsing bad behavior. What I'm telling you is you can be put into the threshing of life to get those things out of you. Right. Had an evangelist. I still have an evangelist friend. Y'all just haven't met him. He's, he's crazy. He's, 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 he's just a mess. One day I was working at the church. I was in the sound booth, head down underneath the thing, nothing but. He come up behind me. I didn't know he was anywhere on the planet, and he goosed me, and I about broke my neck, raising up, scared me to death. He's just dying laughing. I've got a concussion, and he thinks it's funny. I said, what are you doing? He said, I just wanted to see if you had any cuss in you. <laughs> that was Dean Caldwell. Yeah, he had He's rotten. But you know what? God puts us through things. Not not the funny things, the hard things. And sometimes I'm shocked by what comes out of me. But when God's in it, when I'm at the threshing floor, not only he brought it out of me on purpose. He brought it out of me so he could get it out of me. And not so I could have it back. But so he could burn it up. As long as I'm here. As long as you're here. I'm in the process. You know, sometimes we, rem- we need to remember that. 
Sometimes our spouse needs us to remember that. Sometimes our kids need us to remember that. I'm going to give you one more chance to say amen. Amen. Say, do you need that amen? No, you do. You need to agree with the Word of God and you need to acknowledge that you need it in your life. Sometimes we do well to know that it's not the enemy that's beating our brains out. It's the goodness of God that's taken us through the threshing floor. That's brought us to the separation. See, we don't, we forget because we, we, we got this image. Of, see, people have bad images of God. Do you know that? Half the world has this image of this, of this crotchety, cranky old, old man that's looking for reasons to slap you into hell. But that's not God. He's not cranky. Or nervous. Jesus is a gentle shepherd, but the process is not always easy. There are things he allows, and it even puts us in, to get the junk out of our life. And that's not because he's mean, it's because he's good. The analogies to our kids sometimes run short, but sometimes it's what we understand. I've been the kid, and you've been the kid, and you've been the mom and dad. And this, how many's ever had had a? It's been you or you or, or or one of your kids come to you, and they've they've got them a really good deep, thick splinter. And the man they've rammed it under their fingernail, or well, that kind of made you cringe. Just think about it, didn't it? They got it in the palm of their hand. They're screaming bloody murder, and you know what? It hurts, especially you get under your finger. That hurts. And it's mom and dad, you got to do whatever you have to do to get that thing out. And they don't want you to. They don't like the pain that it causes, but they don't like the process of getting it out. It's just an example. Man, I've had them, had to sit on them backwards tie them down, <laughs> straddle them, hold their hand. Just me. Everything short of knock them out. And you considered that. Not because, not because you needed the, not the splinter out, just because you thought it might be fun. No. You ever been there with your kids? That what they needed was not what they wanted. But you knew what was best. And it'd be painful for a minute. But the result. God doesn't put us through painful things because he's mean. We go through things. Well, frankly, most of the time we get we put ourselves there. But in the process, he might run over us with the cart. Because we need it. 
you might beat us with the fork. Because we need it. And it's not to kill us, it's to save us. It's to advance us. It's to make us better. Then if we'll allow him, the fire of the Holy Spirit in our life will burn it up. And we won't ever have to deal with it. Hey, if you'll let, if you'll let him burn the chaff, you'll never have to deal with it again. Because it's gone.